is the 90 Plus Podcast. With your host, Ben Rigetti and Sebastian Pereira. We are back, the 90 Plus Podcast, episode 8, myself, Ben Rigetti. Joined by my wonderful co-host, as always, Sebastian Pereira. And we've got a pretty stacked show for you guys today. Obviously, the big news today, the MLS is back. It's going to be in Orlando. They named a tournament after it. Uh, and just over, just under a month's time, I should say, July 8th, we are looking to get things kicked off down in Orlando. And we will have more on that in just a moment. Like we said, episode eight. Thank you for everyone who has listened and uh, followed us on Twitter and interacted with us over the last couple of months. It's been a lot of fun and we got through quarantine together and lockdown together and we're a couple of weeks away from starting back up in Orlando with live MLS soccer to talk about for the first time in what feels like ages. Well, it has been ages. Um, but yeah, before we do get into, like we said, this loaded and exciting show for you guys, uh, we, myself and Sebastian, we do just kind of want to point out how uh, we do want to uh, note the events happening down in America right now, most notably uh, the re- events surrounding George Floyd and his unfortunate death, uh, the the riots and looting uh, that started in Minnesota and that spread to numerous large cities and really across uh, America. We, we obviously do not stand for this. Uh, the Black Lives Matter campaign is something that myself and Sebastian both really believe in. Uh, we do believe for equality and justice for all, most, and obviously not just George Floyd, but all the names and all the people that uh, have unfortunately fell in the line of sort of racism before that. So we do just kind of want to point that out, saying that we are behind that. We do uh, hope for equality and justice in the near future, and hopefully, you know, there will be a day where everyone can be hand in hand and we can all get along. But until then, myself and Sebastian will be pushing for that. Uh, Sebastian, so just kind of sort of on that note, welcome to episode eight. It's been a couple of weeks since we've uh, fired up a recording, but here we are, we're back and we've got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, for sure, Ben. It's it's been a while, that's for sure. Um, we've, We've, of course, just been chilling for a bit, just dealing with the last little bit of quarantine, obviously. Um, we'll see if we get into phase three in the next couple of days here in British Columbia. Um, but it is easing off and things are starting to look a little bit more normal. And of course, the return of MLS is something big. Um, of course, we have been watching Bundesliga over the last couple of weeks. Um, and there is a lot more soccer leagues across the world that are returning in the next couple of weeks. But MLS the Korean is, League, the Korean League, of course. The Korean League I, is also my boys back, yes. in bomb. Uh, not in bomb, Incheon United, I should say. <laughs> I've got white caps on my mind. I've been buzzing all morning, Sebastian. Yeah, yeah. same, bro, for real. Um, no, it's great. I was, I was really excited. I was, I was awake when, um, when MLS announced that the tournament and everything. It was like at 5 a.m. or something, and I was awake and I, I was looking at all the details and everything, and I was so excited. It's been, like you said, Ben. It's been, it's been ages since we've been able to talk about. Um, I guess actual MLS games popping up again, so it, it's great. I'm really excited for this tournament. But again, just to reiterate what Ben said earlier, um, 
we both support the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, of course, it's an unfortunate situation that's happening to our brothers, brothers and sisters down in America. Um, but we, we really stand by it and we hope that, um, that basically everyone gets equality. Um, it's incredible to me that in 2020, um, that black people still can't be treated equally and given basic rights like everyone else. So, um, we really want to fight for that and make sure that, um, they get the equality they deserve because, we're, at the end of the day, we're all human. We all bleed the same blood. So um, just to reiterate, reiterate what Ben said. Um, so, yeah, let's just, let's get into the show. It's a jam-packed show, and we got a lot to talk about this tournament. It's it's great. We do. I'm not going to ask what you were doing awake at 5 a.m. That is obviously within <laughs> your own privacy, so we'll let that one slide. I was grinding some... some FIFA career mode. If that's what you want to call it, sure thing, Sebastian. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we'll just kind of knock out the standard sort of what's going on with the tournament. So the basic info, is, the name is MLS is Back Tournament. So they got, you know, didn't strive too far from the creative tree there. Uh, that's going to be down in Orlando at Walt Disney's World of Sports. Uh, as we've all sort of known for a little while now, it will start in less than a month's time, July 8th to August 11th. Those will be the dates where the teams get back underway. There will be 54 games, three per day. Uh, there will be six groups, three in the west, three in the east. Uh, in the west, there's going to be three groups of four. And then over in the eastern conference, there will be two groups of four and a group of six. Each team will play three group stage games and the games count towards regular season points. So that will basically just act as almost like another regular season type of uh, just, yeah, just a regular sort of fixture. And then the top two in each group will advance uh, onto the round of 16, as well as the four best third place teams. The winner of this MLS is back tournament, they will clinch a spot in the 2021 CONCACAF Champions League, as well as $1.1 million in prize money. So quite a, a hefty payday if they can come out on top. Apart from that, everything is relatively straightforward. It will be a World Cup type of format, so group stage, round of 16, quarterfinals, semis, and then, of course, the final. Uh, and then afterwards, after the MLS is back tournament concludes on August 11th, the MLS is aiming to go back to some sort of regular season in home markets. Uh, they're saying fans might even be able to come back in a couple of markets, and Vancouver might be a front runner for one of those, given the success of Dr. Bonnie Henry and what she's done for our beautiful British Columbia. Um, but yeah, apart from that, for the most part, at least games-wise, everything else is going to be relatively standard. Um, there will be draws, obviously, in... Uh, the group stage moving forward in the knockout games, there will be uh, extra time and so forth. Uh, so, yeah, so the groups will be drawn tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. So uh, I'm sure Sebastian, if he was awake at 5 a.m., he'll be awake for that one as well. Um, so, yeah, so the draw, we will know tomorrow who the white, the other three teams, the Whitecaps, will have. And, yeah, I guess that's sort of the basic info. We'll talk a little bit on that before we kind of dive into a little more. Sebastian, just at a, a quick glance, what are you thinking, what are you seeing here for the upcoming tournament down in Florida? Well, I'm, as I said before, um, when I woke up at 5 a.m., <laughs> uh, I was really excited when I when I saw all the info on the tournament, and it, it looks really good. Um, 
there's obviously um, obviously the health of the players comes first, and that's something that you and I talked, I think, in a previous episode where if we did want to see a tournament or some sort of return for MLS, we wanted to make sure that everything would be okay in terms of health and the procedures the league would be taking. And um, I guess there is one concern for me, and it is the uh, the amount of cases in Florida, but here's to hoping that um, the league manages everything well, um, players are able to stay in a hotel, confined, and not really interact with too many people. Um, but other than that, I really like the the format of the tournament. It's almost going to be... It's basically a World Cup just in MLS, which is pretty cool to see. And it, it will be interesting to see how um, how players come into play, right? Because, again, these guys haven't played with each other for for about, I don't know, four or five months, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, they only just started passing the ball to each other again. We saw... Uh, the Whitecaps, who just posted a couple videos on their Twitter, they were posting videos of the players passing the ball again and training with their teammates again. Um, so that will be interesting to see how the whole team kind of gels together um, and, and see what they can produce on the field because the fact that every game in the group stage counts towards regular season points makes every game that much more worth it, you know, because we have no idea how long the regular season is going to be if it ever comes back, right? We don't know if there's going to be a a second wave of COVID-19 either. So um, I think if I'm Mark Dos Santos, I'm just hoping to grind out as many points in the group stage matches and hopefully make it to the next round. Um, and I guess at the end of the day, every team wants to win the actual tournament. But as long as you make it through to the, to the round of 16 with – a decent points tally, I think you can be happy from from the what what, what you you could achieve in the tournament, right? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, one thing, uh, one other thing, of course, to keep your eye on is the COVID cases. Not necessarily here, but in Florida, where the tournament's going to be. And over the last few days, unfortunately, they have actually had record numbers. Their highest uh, case count uh, just two days ago it was thirteen hundred and seventy one people tested positive wow. for COVID in Florida. So that's not necessarily just in Orlando. Florida is a, a rather large landmass compared to some of the other United States. But uh, even still, that has got to be a concerning figure. And one thing that um, – so I'll get to your point in just a moment about uh, MDS and what he's kind of hoping for. Uh, something that I'm, – we'll talk about this in a moment as well after. The MLS has come out and said that there is actually no protocol in place if a team has multiple cases of COVID-19 between players and staff members. And if you're looking at 1,300 a day coming out in Florida right now, if you're the MLS, you have got to be sweating, and it's not going to be because of that Florida sun. It, you, it is you. This is nervous, gut-wrenching sort of times for the MLS. There, Every league in North America right now wants to be the first one back. The NHL looked like it was going to be it a, f- a couple of weeks ago when they announced the hub cities and how well that kind of planned out to be. Uh, I'm not counting NASCAR as uh, a sport, unfortunately, in, in this sense, at least. Uh, every, every sport wants to be the first one back. And MLS, you know, they took a good stand. They said, you know what, we're going to be on this day. We're going to be in Florida. We're going to be playing with a competition. And everyone's excited for that. And they've done a really good job at that. 
but yeah, 1,300 cases in a day, and this was two days ago, so it's not like this was a while ago. This is, you know, it's now and it's very current down in Florida. As for MDS and what he's kind of hoping for, 100%. I mean, once you get to the knockout stages, those games don't count towards the regular season points. Uh, only matters are will be those three group stage games. So you've got a chance to walk out of quarantine and this whole isolation sort of lockdown period with nine points heading into uh, some strange version of a new regular season. That has got to be every team's number one target. Yeah, it would be nice to win the 1.1 million. And yeah, it would be nice to get a guaranteed berth in the CONCACAF uh, Champions League for next season but right now short term you've got to be looking at walking out of that group stage with nine points or five points or just really any sort of if you get a win and a draw at, at the bare minimum that's got to be number one moving forward going into knockout stages then you can take it game by game but if you can come out with because I mean the Whitecaps it seems like an eternity ago but they beat the LA Galaxy on the road uh, down in LA when the St. Ricketts scored to win the game for the Whitecaps and I mean technically coming out of this sort of tournament the Whitecaps could have four wins out of five to open the season that might be a little bit of a stretch but the possibility is there and it's a level playing field essentially there's no fans there's going to be no home advantage except for maybe Orlando but I'm not really counting that as a home advantage uh, isn't obviously on their home field so yeah, undoubtedly, if you're Mark DeSantos, these first three games, you're putting your best lineup out there. You're not changing anything up. You're not experimenting with anything. You're looking at really going hard in these first three games. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's also worth to point out that I, I do kind of feel sorry for the Eastern Conference. I, I must say it was a little bit weird to see that there was a group of six mm -hmm. and not four. I feel like that was a bit weird. I'm not sure if there wasn't really any other way they could have done it. I, I don't know. Yeah. They did They did move Nashville over to the east. Yeah, yeah, they did that. They did say that even after this tournament, once the league picks back up into whatever sort of regular season we will see, uh, Nashville will stick in the Eastern Conference for the remainder of the season before coming back to the West in 2021. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but no, it's, it's just really weird to see the group of six. So um, it's going to be, I mean, thankfully... Um, the Whitecaps aren't in the Eastern Conference right now, but if I'm an Eastern Conference team, I'm I would feel pretty bummed out if I do get placed into Group A um, yeah. with Orlando with the six teams. Um, but just going back to um, what you were saying, Ben, about the uh, the game, the group stage games and the knockout game stage and so forth. Um, I obviously we don't know how the lineup could look like. Um, <laughs> obviously, player fitness comes into play. Um, and how they're doing in training. Um, who knows if we're going to see the same starting 11 from the LA Galaxy match. Um, but but we'll see for sure. Maybe we see um, a couple players break out for the Whitecaps. Maybe even Ryan Raposo breaks out into the starting mm -hmm. 11. Who knows? Um, so it'll be interesting, of course, once we, once we know the groups uh, tomorrow. It'll be a lot more easier maybe to, to maybe, I guess... Preview some judge. Of the games and, yeah. yeah, judge, yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, so we'll see how that goes, but it's it's going to be a really interesting tournament. And I think uh, another point that I want to make is um, that since this is like a World Cup format and it's happening over the summer, obviously there's a lot of leagues happening over the summer, but 
um, since it's like a mini tournament, um, I feel like more leagues um, out there in Europe will have an eye on this tournament because of the short-term period that it lasts. And it also gives players that in MLS the chance to break out. Mm-hmm. And maybe teams in Europe start scouting um, and, look, and watching these games and, and picking up players. So I think that's also a very good um, initiative by the league to by the league to bring this bring the the actual tournament into play and maybe maybe give the the players a chance to be shown to other teams in the world, right? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I like what you said with the whole sort of Europe thing and uh, players being scouted and stuff. And another aspect you have to look at is over in Europe. I mean, these guys are just finishing their season. You know, there's still you know six to eight weeks left in the Premier League and the uh, La Liga and Serie A and everything else. So. Uh, whereas the MLS, you know, they're two games into their season. So the, ML- the MLS is kind of looking at it like this is their regular season. They want to get things back on track. Whereas you see the Premier League and La Liga, whatever else might have you. I mean, they're gonna be, they might be playing games, you know, down into sort of July, maybe even August sort of range. And that's when typically the preseason or even regular season might start up September, August sort of time. Uh, for those European leagues. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Europe kind of looks at their off-season, saying, do they have a shortened next season and start in, say, January? Or do they just kind of... It'll be really interesting for that, whereas the MLS, they're able to sort of coast. Their regular trees, their regular season is on track. Their playoffs is on track. Their off-season, their next season in 2021... The CONCACAF Champions League qualifying, everything is still on track, and they've been able to really do a good job with this tournament to kind of say, okay, let's make up for some lost time, let's get some points on the board quickly and safely, and then continue with a sh- most likely a shortened regular season. So I think, again, a hats-off job there to the MLS for kind of saying they're sticking to their roots, they're not going to you know stray too far from the whole summer format. They're able to play, so they're going to play. I really like that move from the MLS. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's also it's also good in terms of, I guess, obviously it's not going to be a full regular season, but getting these games in and just getting the players back to play will be nice. And as we talked about before, these games are going to be worth a lot come the end of this tournament once the regular season starts. It's going to be worth quite a lot. All The nine points that are available for each team are going to be huge towards the regular season because... I don't think you can say there's, I mean, yeah, there's the LAFCs, there's the Atlanta Uniteds, there's um, the Seattle Sounders out there, um, but every team is really coming into this level. Like, yeah. no matter the the quality of the players on each team, no matter how um, good the other team was last year, every team is coming into this in the same position because every team hasn't played in four months, four to five months, um, every team has been isolated. Um, they haven't seen their teammates, haven't played with their teammates. The staff haven't been close to the players too much in person. So it's a really a super um, level playing field, and it's just going to come down to who's the fittest and who's been working the hard- hardest, honestly. So it'll be, it'll be an interesting tournament, and we'll keep all tabs on that. Exactly, and of course, here at 90+, Plus, myself and Sebastian, we're going to bring you coverage and uh, game reviews and stuff like that once the tournament kicks off on July 8th. Uh, one note that kind of came out today that kind of caught my eye was 
uh, Mark DeSantos, obviously the head coach for the Whitecaps, saying that the CONCACAF spot is Vancouver's biggest incentive once they get past the group stage, which does make a lot of sense. I mean, I've, a few people, I saw J.J. Adams uh, from the Vancouver Sun and province and everything else, he kind of said, oh, well, maybe look at the prize money. You know, that would be nice for your players to get, have a little extra you know, cash in their pocket. But uh, DeSantis is saying, nope, right now their focus is get those, get the games out of the way in the group stage, then they'll focus on the CONCACAF spot. Because it's difficult for Canadian teams to qualify for the, uh, the the Champions League. And it's, I mean, the unfortunately, the, the Canadian championships here haven't always been kind to Vancouver. They've usually gone the way of Toronto or Montreal. So uh, a, a chance here for a kind of shortened, one month long kind of give it all you've got tournament. I kind of like Vancouver. I don't, you know, they're not, I'm not going to say that they're the favorites, but I kind of like Vancouver's chances to really make a dent and kind of turn some heads down in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. Um, if anything, um, I think a lot of people, uh, around the league were really surprised to see the Whitecaps win in LA, Mm -hmm. um, and have the performance they did. And it was uh, a lot of people stressed it. A lot of players and staff stressed this um, during the isolation period that that was the team they wanna they wanna show everyone else that they are week in week out uh, yeah. the, in the game they were playing against LA. Um, so I I agree with you, Ben. Like I do feel like the Whitecaps do have what it takes, mm-hmm. and I mean who knows? We'll see. It all depends on on how fit they are and how hard they've been working in training. But I think since preseason, we've seen this Whitecaps team um, play a little bit better style, I'd say, than what they played last year. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we can all forget about the KC game because, um, as Mark Dos Santos iterated, it it was nothing. It wasn't the way they wanted to come out after a preseason that was so good and had high hopes for everyone. So um, we'll see how this team... Um, gets back into the group of things, um, and and yeah, we'll we'll see of course how how the groups uh, that are announced tomorrow will play into it as well, and maybe if new taxes are on display, new formations, um, but we'll see. It's it's definitely going to be interesting. So one the one thing that we do know for sure about the groups tomorrow is that the Whitecaps will be paired or will be in the same group with either LAFC, Seattle, or Real Salt Lake. Uh, LA and Seattle were the two semifinalists from out of the West from last year, and Real Salt Lake finished with last season's third highest point total in the West. So they will be representing for sure uh, the three top seeds for the West. Out in the East is going to be Orlando, who are the host in that uh, dangerous group A, and it hasn't even been drawn yet, so that's going to be a tough task. And then Atlanta and Toronto, who are obviously the semifinalists from last year as well. So LA, Seattle, and Real Salt Lake, one of them Vancouver will be paired up with. Like Sebastian said, we will find out tomorrow, and we will keep you guys updated. Uh, And just kind of looking through the rest of the tournament, everything else relatively seems... Pretty standard. The five subs, uh, that's coming in, that's going to be in effect down in Orlando. But what I found is you only get three windows of opportunities to make the subs, which I didn't know. So you get, uh, so you have, you can make the full five subs, but you only get three times to stop the game to make a substitution. So you'd have to make multiple at a time if you intend on using all five. 
which and that doesn't include halftime, but and you're able to make subs at halftime. So I thought that was interesting. You only get uh, you only get a limited amount of times to stop the games for substitution, which sort of makes sense. I mean, 90 minutes is already kind of a, a stretched out sort of version of a game, but I I know I quite like that move to say you know what you get these few chances you've got to make the uh, tactical switches all in the one not all in one go but in a handful at one time which I think is kind of a not necessarily a smart move but an effective move by the MLS yeah it's kind of like what they've been doing in the Bundesliga as well I think in the Bundesliga you can only you can only have three stoppages for subs and I think I think they as well are having five subs I'm not too sure I don't remember um but also, um, the games will the games will be going to uh, to penalties. So if the game finishes level um, after 90 minutes, the game will go straight to penalties, uh-huh. and uh, not even extra time. So um, players will have to be working on their pens. That's for sure. Yeah, and I'm sure Lucas Cavallini. He, uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to be looking to get redemption. He missed that penalty down in LA. He's looking for his first goal as a white cap. It's been a slow start. For Cavallini, for sure. But, I mean, having four months being forced to stay inside, I'm sure that doesn't really help his cause to kind of prove his case to Vancouver. Uh, so he will be definitely an eye to watch as well once everything kicks off for Vancouver in Florida. One other note that I I saw that I thought was really interesting that I, we just talked about before we started recording, there will be no national anthems played in Orlando for this tournament which I thought was a very interesting move by the MLS, considering everything going down in America right now with uh, the Black Lives Matter campaign and what have you. So I thought, uh, actually, I'll I'll get your thoughts first, Sebastian. What do you kind of think about no national anthems, Canada or U.S., being played at the tournament? Well, I mean, we... There, were, there was a statement. Um, I mean, Ben and I talked about this before before recording. Um, but there was a statement that was released by MLS um, a couple of days ago uh, saying basically that they support players kneeling during national anthems um, in the way that Colin Kaepernick used to do in the NFL a couple of years ago. And so they said they support that. Um, the players, of course, have the the free rights to do that and they can do it to express how they feel regarding the situation right now. Um, but I think it's it's a bit of a missed opportunity. Of course. I mean, it was great for MLS to put that out there and put the statement out there, but um, I feel like it's definitely a missed opportunity to not play the national anthems in, uh, in Florida. I mean, we're talking about a worldwide movement to bring justice um, and equality for everyone um, of color, right? And facing racism. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it would have been a great opportunity for the league to, to say, okay, we're going to play the national anthems uh, in Florida in this tournament. If you want to kneel, you can. And that only just empowers the movement, right? That just makes everything a lot more mm-hmm. significant. And it, it brings a, a message out to, I, I know there's a lot of kids that watch MLS, but also, um, I guess, the whole world as well, because they'll look at um, the MLS and they'll see players kneeling and they'll be like, oh, wow, like they're actually like standing up for it, for 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 this movement and and obviously they're against racism and I feel I feel like that that would have been a very good move if they would have allowed national anthems to be played um, that would have sparked I guess a lot more 
support and a lot more um, talk. Like, a lot more talk as well. Like a lot more um, people would be like, yeah, like how I said, like they'd be like, yeah, these guys are doing the right thing. They're standing up for racism, and um, I, I just think it's a missed opportunity. I mean, we'll see how how players, I guess, want to spread the message at at the tournament. We've seen. Jaden Sancho, uh, Weston McKinney, and Marcus Churam at in the Bundesliga um, show how they feel by celebrating goals um, in different ways. Or McKinney has been wearing, in his instance, he's been wearing an R band saying "Justice for George Floyd." Um, Sancho, of course, um, was wearing a shirt that said "Justice for George Floyd" as well. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if maybe there's celebrations or or if the players wish to spread a message on the pitch while they're playing somehow to further support the cause. Um, but that's just my thoughts on it. What do you think about it, Ben? I like what you're saying about the missed opportunity, and I do agree with you there. But I think kind of more than anything, it's very limiting of the MLS to come out and do this. They're the first sport back in North America, realistically. There's going to be a lot of eyes on them. A lot of There's going to be a big audience, I personally think, a big audience especially for the first few games uh, kicking off the first day or two. And if you're there's – there's a nationwide – a worldwide movement really, but especially in America, a nationwide movement of this Black Lives Matter campaign. And you said the Colin Kaepernick thing. You think think back to a few years ago when that happened. Everyone was talking about it. It was on every sports talk show. It was on every tweet. It was ev- it was everywhere you looked on the internet or on TV. In the world of sports, people were talking about – Colin Kaepernick taking a kneel during the national anthem, uh, which obviously stands for, you know, like pride and uh, passion and all that sort of stuff down in America. So for him to take a kneel during that, say, I don't believe in what like the message is. I don't think what we're getting, what we are saying in the national anthem is what's happening in our country. That was a huge, huge statement at the time. And now we're at a time where, you know, there's been essentially really nothing for people to realistically talk about in the world of sports, at least. Uh, up until the whole George Floyd and the Black Lives uh, Matter campaign really caught fi- uh, some fire again and kind of caught up to speed. So I really think that the MLS taking away an opportunity where a lot more eyes than usual are going to be on them, if they're taking away players' chance to say, you know, I'm with this campaign, I'm going to take a knee over during this national anthem, I think it's very controlling of the MLS Like you said about Jaden Sancho and uh, all the other Bundesliga players and everywhere else, people are scoring and they're celebrating with justice for George Floyd's shirts and stuff. And I mean, yeah, that's great to see on the field, but you only get that for, you know, for a few moments. That Colin Kaepernick uh, picture of him kneeling, that's going to be there for, you know, years. That's going to be something that people are always going to remember. People will remember big names in the MLS taking a kneel during the national anthem with the country's eyes on them. You know, that's where, you know, the MLS has been a very progressive league over the last few years. They're taking steps forwards there. You know, they've done a great job at being the, what will likely be the first league to come back after this pandemic. So they've done a very good job over the last few years. And I think this is just not like the MLS to kind of come out and say, uh, no, we're not going to have any of that. It's not that we're against it. It's just that we don't want that sort of attention and that those ideas brought to this sort of happy and fun restart tournament. You know, it's like in the shadow of Disney World and, you know, the best soccer players in North America are playing the beautiful game again. Like it's like this big happy celebration. They don't want that sort of negative connectivity being dragged down 
not dragging down per se, but they don't want that kind of overshadowing uh, the Amulus's big chance to shine. So I think it's, I, I was caught a little bit off guard when they said that. And obviously they made the statement the other day saying that they don't condone racism. And if players do choose to take a kneel once games get underway and the anthems uh, are playing again back in the regular season, they say that they support them 100%. It's their right. It's their choice. And that's good. But then, you know, days later coming out with this tournament and saying there's not going to be no national anthems. So they're taking away the players' chance to, you know, show what they're thinking and their beliefs and everything. I just, I thought it was very uncharacteristic of the league. Yeah, me too. I mean, we'll see if maybe the MLS Players Association has anything to say about it. Um, I really hope that not only are they able to spread the message when they're on the pitch playing, but also because, like, since the moment before the game is so important for the players are just starting to get into the groove of things and, um, obviously, um, I mean, I'm no player in the MLS and Ben's hasn't played in the MLS either, but, um, I'm sure, I'm sure these guys feel chills and everything when they walk out, uh, onto the pitch and they're about to play. Um, so you'd think maybe they'll, they'll try and maybe campaign for at least the anthems to, to be played because again, this is, as many people have said in the past couple months it's this is bigger than football we're talking about a worldwide issue that needs attention right now desperately needs attention and um it's just it's just a little bit of a slap in the face from the league to to bring that statement out and then say okay guys you can't kneel or we're, we're not going to play the national anthem for you so you can kneel it's they're not it's giving weird. them the platform yeah exactly they're not giving them the platform and um I, i'm i'm sure i fully support the players kneeling um I, I think if they were to kneel, it would spread a huge message around um, not only America, but the world. And it would, it would be very inspirational, of course. It would go down in history with the Colin Kaepernick photo as well. I, th- I think it would. If you get, you know, you look at some of the big names around the league, Carlos Vea, and especially if you get someone who isn't white, someone who is either Hispanic or black or uh, a person of color, if you get someone like to uh, a person of color to kneel and make that image, then that's really what's going to grip you. And there's, there's a difference between Colin Kaepernick taking a knee back in 2017 and, say, Drew Brees, who uh, about a week ago came out with some uh, controversial statements about uh, the Black Lives Matter campaign and everything in, in America. So there's a, there'd be a huge, huge difference if it was – uh, say, and I, I don't want to just kind of fire a name out there, but if it was a person of color compared to just a Caucasian player, then I really think it would hit a lot harder uh, for the MLS. And I, again, that's just, they want this to almost be sort of a celebration and like a look at me, look how well we've done to get everything back and everything's going so well. And if they give the players that platform to come out and say, well, the MLS is doing well, but, you know, the rest of America isn't. You know, that's not what the MLS is kind of wanting. And it's it, it, at the end of the day, I, at the end of the day, I, it just kills me to say, but, you know, sports is a business. You know, they want to have a good image. They want to have good revenue. They want to have people talking about their game and watching it. They're, they don't want, you know, controversial uh, actions and they don't want protests and stuff in their, you know, clean cookie cutter sort of tournament, you know, like next to, you know, Mickey Mouse's castle in Disneyland, you know, like, so I really think that this, uh, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with the MLS when I saw that today. 
Yeah, yeah, same. I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that that does it for us for the for in terms of the tournament um, talk though. Yeah. And I mean, we're all we're all really happy to see it come back. Of course, um, we'll we'll be we'll be keeping tabs on the draw, of course, tomorrow and and seeing um, how teams progress and how they make their way to Orlando. Of course, they're scheduled to fly to Orlando on June 24th. Um, so we'll see how that all goes, how the preparation um, looks like for the Caps as well. And, yeah, we'll be keeping a close eye on that. Um, just wanted to point something out for um, any fans who are listening to this. Um, the White Caps are launching a project called Extra Time, presented by Bell, um, and it's going to be an exclusive uh, video series providing behind-the-scenes access to um, the team itself throughout the actual tournament in Florida. So um, this will be another um, nice way, of course, um, props again to the Whitecap social media team for putting this together, but it's also going to be a nice way for the fans to, in some way, connect to the players while they're down in Florida and see what they're on to. So it's it's a great initiative by the Whitecaps to, to launch this project and uh, bring the fans closer to them even though they're miles away down in Florida. Yeah, just before we do wrap up this episode of episode eight of the 90 plus podcast, uh, yeah, I do want to give a big sort of shout out to the white cap social media and their sort of marketing team over the last few months. I think they've done a really, really good job at keeping fans interested and engaged and, you know, helping out in the community. Obviously that was the big thing with the aquarium and the face masks. Then they came out with, you know, the, the painting, uh, that people could buy online and everything and all proceeds would go towards COVID relief funds and everything. So I really think that the white caps, I mean, you look at, I don't want to like sort of point fingers or anything, but, uh, the Canucks, who are obviously the biggest market team here in Vancouver, and it's going to take something special for them not to be number one, uh, around here. They haven't, at least from what I've seen, they haven't really been that active and that sort of engaging on Instagram and Twitter and everything else. Uh, sort of the same with the light, the BC Lions. They've done some stuff. They've done game watch alongs and stuff, but I really think the Whitecaps media team absolutely smashed it over uh, quarantine. And it came at an important time. The, you know, the Whitecaps, they were losing interest. They had a, a bit of a down year last year and the last few years, really. So I think that they needed to kind of come in with a fresh wave and the team did, you know, they brought in all players and they kind of changed the front office and the, the, and then they get handed, you know, four months of not being able to play and show and perform in front of their fans. So I really think that the media team did a good job engaging and kind of connecting the Whitecaps community online. Yeah, for sure. I, I fully agree with you there, Ben. Um, as you said, the aquarium support with the mask they made, um, the painting for the frontline heroes, um, and the donations they made to the food bank. Um, yeah. All the videos that we've seen over the last couple months, uh, just trying to get the fans um, more engaged with the players and get to know the players, of course. It's been great. Um, now extra so time. Now extra time, of course, too. So that'll be huge. And... Um, of course, big props to the Whitecap social media team. Um, they've done a fantastic job um, just trying to bring fans closer to the players and and just get just bring some entertainment to everyone's house. Of course, there's been a lot of rewatches of games as well, um, so it's it's been great to see 
um, the social media team come up with so many ideas and keep the fans interacted. It's it's fantastic, and we can only hope for more with the uh, extra time, so it'll be great to see. So, yeah, the Whitecaps media have been doing their part to keep everyone engaged. I hope myself and Sebastian have done a good job over the last 40 minutes or so, giving you a little update on, you know, Sebastian's 5 a.m. sleeping schedule to the MLS <laughs> tournament to sort of everything else in between over the last hectic sort of 24 hours. And like we said, we'll, the draw is going to be tomorrow. So we'll, uh, I think we're going to have a little sort of just like a, once we see the groups, me and Sebastian will have a quick little chat and we'll probably put that out onto just onto Twitter or something at the 90 plus podcast. Uh, just to kind of our initial reactions to the draw and who we're going to be uh, essentially stuck with, I guess, uh, up until the tournament kicks off on July 8th. So, Sebastian, any final words before we wrap this one up? Um, not really. I'm, I'm just really excited um, to hear that the MLS is coming back. Uh, I was really excited, as I said, um, to find out it was coming back in this format. It's, it's a very exciting format. It's almost like a World Cup, but just in in MLS, so we'll see how the Whitecaps do. It's going to be exciting to to obviously um, follow them along again. It's been a while since we covered, um, I guess, live matches, uh, live Whitecaps matches. So it's going to be great to to obviously see the players again playing on the field and doing what they love to do. So um, we'll make sure to bring bring you as much content as possible. There's a lot of ways you can stay connected as well across the Whitecaps um, social media. There's a lot of, uh, not only are the Whitecaps uh, social media team doing a great job, but also everyone else in the community, um, all the journalists, all the photographers. I just want to say props to them because they've done some excellent work over the last couple of weeks to and months as well to keep the, the fans interacted with the players and, and just bring out some content. So props to them as well for, for, um, for yeah, producing content and and yeah, hopefully we can all see each other again. Hopefully the situation gets a little uh, less tough and we can all see each other again in person. Um, but yeah, it's been a great episode. Um, really enjoyed talking about this one and and yeah, MLS is back. It's great. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll react to the the um, the draw tomorrow and we'll see where we go from there. Absolutely, and I think Sebastian nailed it. Obviously, it's not just the Whitecaps media team. Everyone, really, on the online community, uh, everyone's kind of pitching in, helping each other out, getting through these last few months. And there's light at the end of the tunnel, ladies and gentlemen. July 8th, the MLS will be in Orlando. Myself and Sebastian will be in Vancouver watching the games down in Orlando, and we'll be keeping you updated with news and game reports and really everything else we're going to do our best to bring you content from uh well from vancouver but based out of the games down in orlando i think that's wrapping up episode eight of the 90 plus podcast follow us on twitter at 90 plus podcast i'm ben rigetti or at rigetti ben he's sebastian Pereira or at sebastian p74 give us a follow on there be sure to listen to more episodes of 90 plus and we'll have more coming out for you in the next few weeks. But until then, enjoy.